Caldwell, Headlines Editor, Anitra Grisales, and in Los Angeles, I'm Kelly Barnes. What's going on in here? Well, I told you, we're remodeling closets. I knew this was going to happen eventually, but not so soon. Come on, it's a new year, time to start over. Plus, we need more room for all your nasty construction boots. Uh, You mean stiletto heels? Whatever, they take up a lot of space, Imelda. So what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet? Well, um, we're going to have more student voice, regular guest editorials. What about the music and the insightful investigative reporting? Um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, thank my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. Hello. Hello. Holy moly. This is uh, quite an evening. The, it is. Uh, holy moly. It is an evening to remember it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Gabe, I was listening to some music this morning. Nuh-uh. I was honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was realizing that, you know, there's some of my music that's never, never played in our community. Like, I wondered why Drag King Rebellion never plays John Denver. Oh. Why they never do John Denver. Now, how come? No, we don't know that they don't. Well, they don't never seem to be like the first one on the list. This is true. You know, this they always true. go with the most popular. Were you ones. listening to John Denver? Uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> and, and what song were you listening to? Oh, uh, actually, I can't remember because it was something on the radio, and they were doing like, "Can you finish these tunes?" And so I, I came across John Denver, and I was all of a sudden able to sing along, and then I realized, how come nobody ever does a drag king of John Denver? Interesting. You know, I think it would be very easy to do. Okay, and so is it because like it's not a very glamorous song, is that, or it's not a very like? I think it's because it's too emotional because it hits right at the heart. It does. It's so you know. Take me home, <laughs> country roads. <laughs> So our engineers are like, uh, I can't believe they just did uh, You know what? Actually, I don't even think they're paying attention. <laughs> I wouldn't pay attention to them either. Except they can. Anyway. So. Oh, my goodness. So how are you? I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm well. You're I'm well. Okay. Not, either not, not, not well, well or. I am well. I am. I am well. You know, the, the turkey day. Oh, absolutely. Quickly approaching. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. November is followed by December. Yes, and which by the way is followed by January, and it's a whole new year. <laughs> Start over. I can resolve not to make resolutions. Oh, there you go. Exactly. Absolutely. See, it's very interesting because there's very for me it, the the whole New Year thing. I mean, there are so many opportunities to start your like new resolutions mm-hmm. that I I mean I do have resolutions, but they're not necessarily New Year's revolution ah. revolutions resolutions. So when do you make um, them? Are they Thanksgiving resolutions? Um, well, no. Like for instance, like you know, like we just celebrated. Um, um, Oh my gosh, we even talked about it on the show. Um, it's not Sam Hain. It is Sawin. Thank you. Oh, um, it like, is Sawin. Sam Hain? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is Sam? Who is Sam Hain? <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> but Sawin, the new the new year for the for pagans uh, or, or or Earth uh, religions mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. um, but then there's also like the new school year where in September there's also that um, or I think it's in February is like the Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. So there's so many different opportunities. And then if you're Christian. 
Christian. Then there's the whole new year after Easter because that's when that church calendar begins. Wow. So, you know, there's all times of like whatever. Are you just looking for excuses to drink champagne? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And have fireworks. (laughs) It's New Year. (laughs) So. Um, It's June. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So, you know, I just want to one of those things I always realize that there's always an opportunity to uh, to I'm you know like for instance always on my diets that's the other thing too when I'm always on my diets I can always start my diet now mm-hmm. I mean 24 hours can start right now this minute mm-hmm. you know and so that's where I I started getting that um, that that little bit of well of, you know I'm not really big into artificial deadlines I'm not gonna lie like true I think that New Year's is an artificial deadline. deadline. I have yet, I don't know, New Year's are fun, but uh, it's not my favorite holiday. Like, I would much rather, like, sleep. Yes. Yes, (laughs) Well, because I feel like there's so much buildup around, like, oh, got to have a good New Year. That's right. I have a friend who strongly believes that how you spend New Year's is how the rest of your year will go. I was just going to say that. Yes. Do you believe that? No, I don't. Okay, because I'm like, no, I don't think so. That hasn't happened to me. Exactly. I mean, I've spent many a lonely lonely New Year's (laughs) Eve. Okay, so. That's not usually the case. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but I have great years. It's true, it's true. With lots of family and friends, and so it's it's a possibility, so. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite holiday either. Do you have a... a... Well, yes and no. I mean, there's... I have favorite holidays for different reasons, you know? Like, I love Halloween just because of all the build-up and all the... And your costumes. And my costumes and, and, and other people's costumes who are just amazing. Like, I would love to live in like um, New York or San Francisco and and watch the Halloween parades. I mean, as they go through Christopher Street in New York or, you know, Castro in San Francisco. Okay, so you like to dress up? So, well, or just see how creative people are. I mean, because mm-hmm. they are sometimes amazing, you know, some of the costumes I've seen. Um, so, that, I mean, that's what I love about Halloween. But then, like, for instance, Turkey Day, I like, you know, the comfort foods, mm-hmm. you know. I like that mm-hmm. and being with family and, okay, I do like, I, I love the the um, parades while you're eating cinnamon buns. I do um, love watching the parade. I love yes. especially when it rains because I'm like, look at those suckers. <laughs> how, how are you fun to try to steer a big blow up turkey and, and not in, in the rain? Exactly. So it's funny to me. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Yes. Oh, but so there's always good reason to, to have a good And the 4th of July, I love the parade, just being at the parades. So. Yeah, I don't you know. know. I, 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 I don't know. I feel like I can always bring something up that I don't like about holidays, but I don't yes. want to rain yes. on people's parade, as it were. Right. But right. I do enjoy um, celebrating like random holidays. Oh. Like the Queen's birthday, yeah. <laughs> which is celebrated once in Australia and then once in Britain and then her actual day of birth. Oh, wow. So I'm like, um, girl knows how to party. What? <laughs> totally. Or or even like the uh, let's talk like a pirate day. That talk one like I love a too. Pirate day. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Yes, that's a new one. Yeah. Oh wait, or is it a new one? I don't uh, know. Well, I've I've celebrated three days, three years in a row. Three now. days, three in, days a row. in a row. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, absolutely so i'm i'm being signaled by the engineers that uh we have kim pearson from uh trans youth family advocates um and she joins us i think all the way from arizona wow kim are you there I am here. Thank Hi. you. Hi. Welcome to Closets Are for Clothes. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> you know, Kim, we were just talking about holidays and, and 
today we're we're um, recognizing Transgender Day of Remembrance, which is a holiday. Right. You know, it's important to our community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And to celebrate, and definitely to celebrate the 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 lives of people and the and the the courage and the courageousness of a lot of folks that um, of being of accepting who they are and being who they are, um, and so um, you um, you are the executive director of actually Trans Youth Family Advocates, who I think is which is one of your philosophies or visions is celebrating um, your child or any youth um, for who how they want to express themselves. Actually, you know, one of my personal goals is to see, um, not to detract from or replace Transgender Day of Remembrance and what it's all about, but to add an additional um, day once a year where we celebrate our successes in the transgender community and we hold up those who are, you know, are doing well and excelling in life and who are making wonderful contributions to the community and that sort of thing. And so, so that's you, what I'd like to see. Yeah, and so Trans Youth Family Advocates, um, the tagline I see is, our support means the world to them. And that I love that. That's amazing. Well, you know, I, I like that too. But, you know, we've come up with a, a new tagline that I think we're going to be going to. Really? And what you're is? Be the first to know. Oh, another exclusive. <laughs> My closets are for clothes. <laughs> You've got an exclusive. Yes, I think our new tagline is going to be: "Difference isn't wrong; it just is." Difference isn't wrong; it just it is. It just is. Interesting. And, and so- the reason that we're leaning towards that is because I think it more clearly um, kind of describes what we do. We um, talk to people about, you know, how our children are different, but it's not wrong. It just is what it is. You know, they are different. They're a little different, but, you know, that doesn't make them unworthy or, you know, odd or, you know, anything like that. It just is. Absolutely. And that's kind of what we're about. That's what our approach is, is to kind of demystify what being transgender is and just put it in really basic terms that people can understand and it's not you know not make a big deal out of it let's just do what we need to do and get on with celebrating life absolutely now have you always had this this great understanding or acceptance of of difference well i mean i I would like to think so but i i think (laughs) i've probably come a long long way in the last 18 months um but i mean i've always been someone i i was raised very strictly and with a lot of kind of rigid expectations and never felt that I could live up to, you know, what my parents wanted me to be or do. And I sort of vowed from an early age that I wasn't going to be that kind of parent. And so my children have been allowed to be individuals is the way I look at it. They're, I, <clears throat> I didn't, you know, think that they should follow in someone else's footsteps or be, you know, if we had lawyers in the families, they didn't have to grow up to be lawyers or doctors and, you know, didn't have to grow up to be doctors. I just wanted them to be happy people and to choose their path, the path in life that made them feel good and that was fulfilling to them. So I was, you know, 80% of the way there when, when my child um, disclosed um, that he was transgender. Gotcha. And, and so was that the 18 months you talked about? 
That's the 18 months I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my, my 18 months of serious growth, or serious growth for me and my, and my entire family. Um, my son um, disclosed that he was transgender June of 2006. And how, and how did he disclose this to you, or how did you find this out? Well, it was kind of a convoluted, drawn-out process. Um, he didn't really know what was wrong initially. He just knew something was horribly wrong, and without you know, telling you his whole life story, right, basically, right, right. we grew up with a very, very gender-variant girl, gotcha. um, which some people would term uh, you know, like an extreme tomboy. Gotcha. Um, and and because, as I said, my philosophy was I wanted my kids to be happy, and I didn't, you know, require a high degree of conformity. Um, this kid was pretty much okay, and 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 basically, more or less, living life as a boy. I mean, we didn't we wouldn't really see it for that, you know, until mm-hmm. we looked back. But you know, I had the only four year old girl in town who had a flat top haircut. So, <laughs> yeah. Sharp looking for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Clearly, things were a little different. <laughs> yes, yes. So, but you know, and and then um, um, as as he was getting older, he was he was um, sort of started to withdraw, and it was around the time that um, the hormones started setting in, which was quite quite early for him. He had what they call precocious puberty. And so things started right around age eight was when we first noticed him, his personality kind of changing a little bit. Mm. And then as he went forward and developed more physically, he started disappearing more emotionally until it got, um, it was just before his 13th birthday. And he said, and and you forgive me, I, I always refer to him as Sean and my son at this point. And so... I hope people can keep up because this was a child that was living life as a girl. Okay. Gotcha, <laughs> Even right. though I'm saying he, this uh-huh. was a child that was living life as a girl. Um, and this child said, I'm a lesbian right before the 13th birthday. And I went, great. I, I know how to do gay and we're good. And now, you know, maybe you can feel better, you know? And so we went looking for some resources and we didn't find any. So we decided to start a PFLAG chapter here. Oh, okay. And, yeah, because there there isn't any. Um, I live in kind of a conservative community, and there isn't any GLBT anything. Okay. So we started a P flag, and um, and and he was feeling better for a few months, and then I noticed that he started feeling actually a whole lot worse then. Oh. And um, and was in a just a serious, terrible, terrible t- tailspin. Um to the point where I took him to his doctor to see about getting some antidepressant medication and some intensive counseling and stuff like that because we didn't know what was wrong. And he didn't know what was wrong. He just knew he was miserable. Gotcha. And so about six months of that counseling and and just him being clearly on the edge and and, um, I was very concerned about self-harm. I was making him show me his arms and legs and stuff to make sure he wasn't cutting and we weren't leaving him home alone um, ever. So, wow. Um, so things were really getting intense then at, at it home. Was, it was not good. It was not good at all. We were very, very distressed. And, and, and also at this point, you really had not figured out the, what was going on gender-wise. No, not okay. at all. We didn't gotcha. have a clue. 
it wasn't on our radar. I mean, girls are allowed, you know, a lot of latitude in their gender expression that boys are not. True. So, you know, if, if a little boy wants to wear a dress, lots of red flags go up and yep. people get all upset and, you know, yes. stuff happens. You know, if a little girl wants to wear jeans and play baseball, you know, some people get upset. Most of the time nowadays they don't. So it wasn't something that was on our radar as a possibility. I knew about male to female transgender people. I did not know about female to male. Right. Um, and, you know, just really didn't have any awareness of that. And I did in the last, you know, just in the last few years before he came out. But again, I didn't relate it. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't something I'd ever encountered. I gotcha. hadn't met anybody. I just, it didn't occur to me. And um, apparently it didn't occur to him either because right. he wasn't telling us. And we actually um, were in counseling and, and just didn't seem to be getting anywhere. And he and I went out one night, and we saw the movie Transamerica. Oh. And about two and a half weeks later, I walked into counseling at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 6, six of 06. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> people. That's right. Um, right. Right. 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I walked in with a daughter, and at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I walked out with a son. Wow. He just said, this is the way it is. Because we've been questioning him, not kind of, it didn't seem like he was really owning being a lesbian. And there was just some weird stuff, you know, and what's that about? And body image and all kinds of things. But he goes, okay, here's the deal. I'm not owning being a lesbian because I'm not. Right. Right. And I'm like, but that was the closest. I'm confused. That's the only thing I thought I understood. Right. You know? Um, And he said, oh, no, it's cool, mom. I do, I do like girls. You know, that part's the same. Right. And then I was really confused. Right. Um, and then he says, no, he says, I'm transgender, you know, like in the movie we saw. He says, I'm a guy. There we go. That's in the wrong body and, you know. And I think yeah, that that's one of the things I was reading on your website, that there's there's an actual um, a resource or so, uh, an article that somebody wrote of how society quite often mixes up sexuality and gender. Absolutely. And, and, and that's actually what was happening for him is... He, and that's why he, you know, did the, the secondary tailspin there. He thought, you know, coming out as being a lesbian, I, I like girls, therefore I must be lesbian. Right. And the, that it was his sexuality. And then um, not knowing how else to, you know, to label it. But then after coming out as a lesbian, he realized that it's, that didn't feel right. Yep. That wasn't it. Right. That wasn't, you know, that didn't give him the relief that he thought it would. And even though he was accepted and supported and, you know, he was out of school and he was out with his friends and the family and, you know, nobody was making a big deal about it. And he was still miserable. And it wasn't until he figured out when he watched that movie, he thought, you know, I'm kind of like the person in this movie. And then he went on the Internet and he started reading the stories of other female people who identified as male and he, it was immediate. He said, oh, my God, this is, this is exactly like me. Okay. This is exactly like I feel. And then he had the words to explain it, and he was good to go. I mean, we just, everything changed from that moment forward. We went, after the counseling session, we went down to the car, and I said, okay, I think I get it. You know, I did a five-minute instant replay of your life, and this is probably the first thing since I can remember that's totally made sense about you. But... I don't have one single solitary clue 
what we're supposed to do. Right. You know, right. I don't know, you know, I don't know how to do this. You know, I don't know that there's, you know, what the rules are. Or, you know, I mean, I just didn't know. Right, right. And, and he said, it's okay, Mom, I have a list. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and so I'm curious. So what was the how? So what was on the list, or what was there like? There was a lot of stuff on the list, and there was only really one I was prepared to deal with that day. Um, there were things like a legal name change to get me enrolled in school as a boy, and I'm going to need hormones. And somewhere thrown about right, almost smack dab in the middle of the list, he said something about going shopping for men's underwear and men's socks and men's cologne and men's you know everything. And so he's, you know, going down the list. And I said, whoa, 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 you need to stop. You know, I, I'm sure the list goes on, but I've heard enough. I'm totally overwhelmed. I said, I can tell you right now, I don't know how to do any of those things. You know, I'll, I'll look into it. I'll see what I can figure out. I said, there's one thing on that list that I'm absolutely certain I have the ability to do, and that is shopping. So let's go. Well done. <laughs> well done. So, so there wasn't a trans youth family advocates organization like, there absolutely was not. There was not any organization that I could find except for an online support group, which is run by Trans Family of Cleveland. Um, but you don't have to live in Cleveland. It's online, and people from all over the country, shush, all over the country belong to the, um, to the list. And they, they helped me. Um, there were other parents with kids just like mine. And they, um, we talked, you know, I got on there and we talked and we cried and we commiserated and, and we figured out game plans and things like that. And I was stunned to find that there really weren't any books, there really weren't any resources, there wasn't anything written down explaining to you how to do this. And everybody was just kind of making it up as they went along. And did you continue to find any sense. Did you continue to find support from that PFLAG chapter that you founded? Well, it was, I founded it, and I was the most knowledgeable person there. So. <laughs> um, I did, I mean, I did find support, you know, for my PFLAG family in that, you know, they were, they tried to be supportive and understanding, but nobody, I mean, nobody really had any more knowledge than I did. Gotcha. And it was through talking with the other parents that I started to gain this knowledge and collect, you know, information and resources and, um, it, but it's really a support group. You know, it's just about support. And some of us started having a conversation about, you know, support and cyber hugs and everything. It's really cool. But this is a lot of work, and somebody should be writing this down and collecting this information and figuring out the best way to do this stuff so all of these parents aren't running around creating their own wheel. Absolutely. And so yeah. how did then you and Sharon and Amy get together I mean, obviously, I think it was online from what I, I was mm-hmm. reading. It's online. It and was all done online. We, um, we live in three different states, and um, we put our heads together, and we just kind of hit the ground running. We, we did talk with the PFLAG folks at first about um, we were going to kind of be an umbrella program you know, under their wing, mm-hmm. and they brought us along in the discussions for about the first 60 days, and then it became clear that we we really needed to just take it and run with it. We had a really clear vision of what we wanted to do, and we were moving very, very fast, and, and not everybody was comfortable with that. 
Gotcha. Um, now, I'm, I'm curious. Was it they were com- were not comfortable because you were uh, because of the the they weren't under control of it, or was it more no, that it, they were they weren't comfortable with the whole idea of transgender? Yeah, they were comfortable with the whole idea of transgender. That was all fine, and they were very supportive. And they you know they supplied resources for us for conference calls and all kinds of things. They were wonderful. I just think it was it was more a case of. Um, we had a vision of how it should be done. Trying to get everybody on the same page with us was sometimes difficult because uh, it wasn't. We weren't doing things the way things have always always been done. So, uh. you know, and um, and we weren't going to do the support piece. And you know that PFLAG is huge for the support piece. Absolutely. And and we really weren't we weren't going to um, focus a lot on that component. We were going to be all about education and advocacy. And then have the people who do support best do the support piece. Gotcha. But we were going to focus on, on education and advocacy. So that was, you know, that was part of it. The other part of it is just that we felt as parents it was really imperative that we do things in kid time. You know, and oh, yeah. kid time means you can't take six months, you know, to get your website up and running. Or, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things just had to be done so quickly and um, we just, you know, we were leaving people in the dust pretty much. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah. We were making people's heads, heads spin. Right. what we were doing. Because we, we, we had our first conversations in September. And by January 1st, we had launched the National Nonprofit 501c3. Wow. Wow. We were up and running. We had a website. We had a toll-free number. We had everything. We were up and we were in business. We were incorporated the whole nine yards. So, and if you've ever been around people who work nonprofit work, when I say that, you can just watch all of their mouths hit the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Because they can't believe how quickly we did it. Right. Right. And and that's kind of, just, that is kind of the pace that needs to happen, though, um, and and nowadays. Is, that, that is our pace. That is our normal pace. Wow, it's a little it's a little bit crazy, but that is a normal pace for us. So, Kim, how's your son now? My son now went for, from this is a child who didn't go anywhere, didn't do anything, was dropping out of eighth grade. Um, wouldn't order his own food at a restaurant. He would whisper in my ear and have me order his food. And now he travels all over the United States and does advocacy work as a teen advocate. He's 15 now. And he actually went to the Gender Pack Conference in Washington, D.C. a few months back. And he and another young person went lobbying senators and congressmen on Capitol Hill. Um, one of them asked him if transgender was just a, a more politically correct way of saying gay. Interesting. And, and of course, my son just you know, rolled his eyes and looked at his friend like, wow, we've got our work cut out for us. Um, and so they spent the next half an hour talking to this person and explaining to them what transgender was. Gotcha. And and, and did they, after the conversation, did they, were they positive about it? Or how did they... Well, he says he was, you know, he wasn't really sure that, you know, he, you know, made any great, you know, political, long-term political impact <laughs> or anything like that. Right. But he said he definitely felt you know, a shift in understanding by the time that he left, that the person did know that there 
was a difference between being gay and being transgender, that gender identity um, is something different than sexual orientation. That's fantastic. So he, he had felt that, you know, he had accomplished something. And, and I, you know, that's kind of with the work that we do. I mean, I call it um, changing minds one heart at a time. You know, we've got yes. to talk to someone on a very personal level and, um, and have them see that these kids are just like their kids. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kim, tell us, you know, today is Transgender Day Remembrance. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're talking about it today. Can you, um, what is the advice that you have for parents um, if their child comes out to them as transgender or says, you know, I'm in the wrong body? What, what, do you, what would you tell parents? Well, I mean, not to, not to scare anyone, but um, I think probably the most important thing would be to take it very seriously. This is not, um, children don't say something like that on a whim. Um, children who say something like that have, have thought it through pretty, you know, pretty carefully, especially, especially an a adolescent or teenager. You know, they've, they've spent a lot of time thinking about it before they actually verbalize it. Younger children are, you know, it's much easier to see what's going on. And, and some of the kids that we work with and their families started saying when they were 18 months old, no, I'm, I'm not a boy. You're confused. I'm a girl. I don't know why you think I'm a boy, but I'm a girl. You know, they're very, very clear. Now, my child wasn't one of those kids, you know, that was that clear. But a lot of the kids are. They're very clear, and they're telling their parents from the get-go. And, you know, a lot of times they get advice that, oh, well, it's a stage. And, um, you know, you have to ask yourself, how long does a stage last? Right. You know, is it three months or six months or... Two or years, even, three years, five years. Right. You know, how long is the stage, really? Right. You know, so, and you've got to be, you know, you've got to be supportive of your children. I mean, being outside the box is not wrong. Right. You know, I mean, individuality, I mean, our country was kind of founded on individuality. Yes. You know, and people um, being able to, to be individuals and have their own set of beliefs. And... You know, a child that feels strongly about their gender identity, um, you can, you know, you can try to talk them out of it, and you can maybe even get them to conform with the behaviors that you would like to see if you put enough pressure on them. But ultimately, it won't change their gender identity. You're just, you're just putting off something to a future date. Right. So, um, the, one of the so some of the resources that parents could definitely use was definitely go to uh, the Trans Youth Family Advocates, which is I love this. It's I M A um, T Y F A uh, dot org. So I yeah, am. Yeah, I'm I'm a typha. I'm a Trans Youth Family Advocate. Absolutely. Um, and what are some other resources that you used uh, to help you with this transition? <laughs> well, honey, we're pretty much it. Okay. There isn't really <laughs> gotcha. I mean, well, with parents, I mean, like, like you went to therapy and and to try to figure uh, we, this out. We, you know, you have to, you kind of have to be careful about that, though, because sometimes yeah. the therapists, not all the therapists, really know um, about this and gotcha. are equipped to really help you. Got it. Um, so, as a parent, you have to be well prepared, and you have to arm yourself with a lot of information, and you really have to learn how to be an advocate for your child, and that's what we do best. Our, the whole basis of our organization is, a, is about empowering parents, 
giving them tools, giving them in- information, and and helping them learn how to be an advocate for their child and go. how to negotiate um, the kinds of things in their lives that are going to be able, need to be negotiated. You know, how do you get them through school? How do you get them through transition if they need to transition? Some kids don't. Some kids are. Some kids kind of walk down the middle. You know, they don't. They don't ascribe to the binary gender system at all. So what do you do for a child like that? And how do you, you know, keep them safe and keep their, you know, environments good and that kind of stuff? What do you as a parent do? That's what we help with. Um, We educate doctor's offices and social service agencies and churches and pretty much any place I can get three people to sit down and listen to me at one time. (laughs) <laughs> I will go talk to them. <laughs> Excellent. Kim, your work is so important, and we thank you so much for, for doing it. Um, and, and I'm sure that many, many parents out there um, see you as the lifeline and as, as do their children. So thank you for your work. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, it really wasn't a choice. Um, it, was just, it was just one of those things that sort of just evolved, and I ended up I didn't even volunteer for the position that I'm in. I volunteered to be vice president because everyone knows the vice president doesn't have to do anything unless the president gets shot, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. But, but it didn't uh, work out that way. Right. So. right. But being a parent, you've been fabulous. That's that's what, that's what You're definitely a role model for many, many parents. Thank you so much, Thank Kim. you so much. And we've you're been, welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And we've been talking with Kim Pearson from Trans Youth Family Advocacy Advocates, excuse me, and I am a T-Y-F-A.org. Great. And you're listening to Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. And we'll be right back. Would you harbor me? Would I harbor you? Would you harbor me? Would I harbor Would you harbor an exile or a refuge? 
a fugitive or a slave. Would you harbor a Haitian, Korean, or Czech, a lesbian, or a listening to Closets Off for Clothes on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. And that was Prayer by Sweet Honey in the Rock. And I love, they're just... I'm, I'm speechless. Absolutely. That amazing. was really a great choice. Amazing. Um, and we're talking today about about the people in our community, our trans brothers and sisters, Trans Day Remembrance, November 20th. We are joined by one of my personal heroes... Um, an excellent friend and colleague um, who's the health services coordinator at Affirmations Community Center. Uh, Noel, are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, we're joined with Noel by Noel Larkin from Affirmations. How are you doing, Noel? Great. Thank you, Gabe. I didn't think I was going to get such a warm introduction. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I made him do it, Noel. <laughs> <laughs> the things he said about you before the show, I'll no, tell you. No. <laughs> so, no, we just talked um, with uh, Trans Youth Family Advocates, um, an organization really, you know, for parents of young trans people. Right? Have you ever encountered, like, resources like that before or have you you feel like it's a, still an emerging need or it's definitely an emerging need and i am so impressed by um trans youth family advocates work i think there are very few organizations that are addressing the needs of families um, of trans and gender variant youth so i'm really impressed by their work and i think that um they're gaining a lot of awareness raising awareness through their work so what kind of work does affirmations do with uh trans youth Actually, we have, um, and our youth program is our largest program area, and started in the last few years a youth, a transgender youth group. So it's been pretty active in helping trans youth connect with each other and also take their message um, out into the community, into their GSAs. Something we talk about a lot in the trans youth group is where's the T in kind of a GSA setting. Mm. So there's, we've done a lot of work with um, raising awareness about trans youth in high school. We also, um, youth are always welcome at some of the adult trans groups. So we have a transgender rap, a gender nonconformist group, things like that. And how how are folks reacting, or are you getting more more folks that are um, th- that are getting involved with this issue, or are people that are coming out saying, you know what, I'm I'm needing to deal with this issue around gender? Yes, actually, um, Affirmations has made a big push in the last few years to look at um, how we can be how we can better serve the trans community. So one thing we did when we moved into our new center was change our name. Um, so before Affirmations was Affirmations Lesbian and Gay Community Center. So now we are just Affirmations. Oh. Um, and that push was largely from members of the trans community who communicated with staff and board members that, you know, they felt left out and that they're a really important, vibrant part of our community center. So it's exciting to see how things have changed. And we have a lot more trans folks accessing the space. Now, recently you helped plan the first, what was it, Midwest Trans Youth Conference? 
Yes, the Midwest Trans Youth Conference. It was really, really exciting. Um, it was held October 21st at Affirmations in Ferndale, Michigan, and the conference was pretty much a weekend conference dedicated to transgender, gender nonconforming, questioning, and um, SAFA youth, so significant others, family, friends, and allies. 24 and under, <laughs> and it was a collaboration between our youth services program and Project Q at the Milwaukee LGBT Community Center. Oh, so there was just the two of you, or did other folks come, in, uh, come to it? Um, the, the two agencies uh, put the conference together. Oh, I see. So all were welcome, and just you guys yeah. were the sponsoring agencies. Gotcha. And how many, yeah. how many youth did you, that came out? I think we had about 90 youth over the course of two days. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. It's awesome. And I think, you know, one of the main reasons why we had it in the Midwest is that a lot of the youth here and some of us as older activists in the community feel everyone flees to the coasts. And what's actually going on in the Midwest? So how can we create that space for Midwest youth activists to come together, share ideas, network with other youth, um, just kind of build their activist toolbox? And what were some of the answers? I'm sorry. What was the what were some what were some of the uh, the the solutions that folks came came up with at the conference? Well, there were a lot of really neat sessions. Um, everything from um, how to talk t- about how to talk to trans youth about safer sex. Um, you know how to. Um, be a trans ally. We had conversations on body modification, whether that was piercings and tattoos, um, safe hormones, things like that. Um, we had one of my favorite workshop discussions um, actually was called Coping with Angry Tranny Syndrome. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so part of the description is, um, you know, puberty comes with its own confusions and gender identity exploration and expression, but for some trans people, this kind of chaos can blow out of proportion and isolate people and harm you. So, um, and this is kind of a phrase that a lot of us use in the community. So it's like, are you an angry tranny? And I think we kind of, you know, when expressing masculinity, does that turn into misogyny? Or when passing turns into leaving your support systems behind? Or, you know, having discussions with other trans people turns into rage. We say, you might be dealing with angry tranny syndrome. So <laughs> That is you know. amazing. And did you give that, who gave that workshop? Actually, it was given by Ted Schwartz from Milwaukee. Wow. How interesting. Absolutely. I'm like, that's really kind of good. Yeah. And so, like, go ahead. Oh, so there's a sense of humor involved as well. I think that, you know, it was a a fun day. There was a lot of learning, um, but also, you know, just people getting together and connecting. A lot of trans youth who came had never met another trans young person. So people came from, um, you know, Marquette, Michigan, and they'd never met another trans person. So that was exciting to see. Now, when getting these trans youth together, was there a sense of, um, certainly there was a sense of community and education activism. Was there a sense of of uh, sort of being in a community that uh, is either stealth or fearful or um, really watching out for each other or addressing the concerns of safety? Yes. Actually, um, I think the organizers did a great job. There's a whole section in the program booklet about safe space guidelines, about respect, about pictures and video, confidentiality. So those were issues that were really well planned out. And I credit the organizers, um, Jay Botsford and Laura Sorensen, to really addressing those issues to create a safe space for people. 
So, so one of the questions that we were talking about a couple of questions ago is like, so a lot of people are going to the to the coast to create safe spaces. So the folks that are that are isolated, like you were saying, you know, folks that are from you know Timbuktu Midwest. I mean, that there's population fifty. I mean, how I've how are there. they? Oh I've yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, you're from there. Great, great, <laughs> great pancakes in Timbuktu. <laughs> that um, I mean, how? What were suggestions that were made for them to create that same kind of of that same space or the same acceptance or or I don't want to say tolerance, but you know the the climate, uh, the same climate, climate, same yeah, climate yeah. that they get on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that um, that we talk about a lot at our center is the importance of allies. Um, and I think that we saw actually a large percentage of the conference attendees were not trans-identified people, but they were the they were the supporters, they were the allies, um, they were the friends of these people that were looking for support and safety. And so I think sometimes we discredit or don't talk about our allies enough. Um, so I think there, the allies can do a lot in making change in school settings. Um, folks who are on gay straight alliances really looking at are we reaching out to trans people? Are we covering gender topics? You know. Are we looking at having um, Trans Day of Remembrance events in school or high school settings? So allies, I think, was something that was talked about a lot. And another thing that you brought up, I guess, was like the, you know, you're talking about the angry training syndrome. So when people are in that space, how uh, that can be very detrimental to, to themselves. I mean, and, and sometimes... What would be things that were suggested in the, that workshop? I don't want to give out information about who was there, but what were some suggestions to help folks get through that that anger that anger phase? Yeah, and I think a lot of that does have to do with isolation, um, but also other parts of it have to do with um, the trans community. As some of as you may know, polices its boundaries pretty tightly as Absolutely. well. So sometimes there's not room for even gender transgression in trans spaces. Yes. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think sometimes one suggestion that was given in the workshop was looking for other gender nonconforming allies. For example, in our gender nonconformist group here, um, which I help co-facilitate, we see a lot of interesting connections being made by people who are, let's see, um, FTMs or female to male trans men and butch women. And there's not a lot of dialogue between those two groups oftentimes, but I think there can be found a lot of common ground. So, And you're finding that they are having a lot of common ground. I think so. And I think we've had some interesting discussions in that group about, um, about privilege, about the space we take up in our communities things like that or are not allowed to take uh, up space yes and 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 trying to force yourself in mm-hmm. yeah that's mm-hmm. that's great wow that's awesome you no know, you know we um after talking to to kim from trans youth uh family advocates you know and and reflecting on transgender day remembrance do you think that there is this disconnect of we do too much of we're too much in this space of mourning for people in the trans community and not enough celebrating. I actually was just having a few conversations with some trans youth this evening about that very topic. And that was their concern, and that is a concern of mine. I do think that it's important to remember and honor folks, but also it's important to look at um, raising awareness and celebrating trans lives. I feel like I'm often a proponent in certain spaces I'm always the one who says, trans people are resilient, we're not victims, trans people are creative, beautiful, passionate, 
beans that contribute so much to society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely, and especially to the LGBT community. I mean, if it wasn't for many trans folks, I, th- I think a lot of G's would not have come out. A lot of gay people would not have would mm-hmm. not have come out, or even took the pride that a lot of uh, uh, folks who um, uh, that are their gender variant, as you're saying, is uh, you know that, that that took pride pride in themselves and modeled it for a lot of um, LGBT people. One thing also I've noticed is that some ceremonies or celebrations are recognizing that it isn't always as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So often people experience violence due to a combination of racism, ableism, ageism, sexism, misogyny, sex worker stigma, homophobia, and transphobia. Wow. So wow. some event organizers <laughs> don't want to try to section off one small piece of someone's identity and say, oh, they died because of that when you know, they want ceremonies to honor all pieces of complex identities and yes. lives. So I see some ceremonies that are um, structured different this year, which is interesting. You know, and that is very interesting because that also started with the with the, a, the HIV um, epidemic is that um, funerals, I was reading this recently, where funerals are um, are being remade or re, um, redesigned designed mm-hmm. because people were, were saying, you know what, I don't want that, that, that the typical um, funeral that we've been had since the Civil War. I want something different. And I think it's really great that people are incorporating all of the person and recognizing every part of that person rather than just just giving just uh, being so narrow-minded and saying oh it was just because they're just trans right you know? right that wasn't the main makeup that's fantastic that the people are actually having those conversations and i think it's especially important when you look at the statistics on violence and you know which trans people um, have experienced violence and there is a, a, there's classism there's racism you know from what we know statistically speaking um, a lot of trans women of color are the ones who are experiencing some of these higher rates of violence so it's not just it's a complicated issue and there are a lot of factors that contribute to violence whether it be transphobic or homophobic so okay so in less than a couple minutes how do you separate all that or how do you keep all of that in your mind while you're trying to figure out the solution to making sure that we're not to, to, to prevent these hate crimes from happening or the losing of these people um, to suicide. I mean, there's many different things that are factoring that we're losing these people. Yeah, and I, I think that there's not, you know, one clear-cut answer. Personally, I hope that these um, ceremonies or events, you know, get the word across that transphobia is a mark against humanity, you know, our humanity. And on this day, many of us kind of pause and reflect for a moment and then come together and gather strength. You know, I identify as a trans man. I'm a human being. And I'm just, you know, leading, wanting to lead a happy life free from discrimination and violence. Um, And also, I like to remind people that no trans day remembrance is one day out of the year, but many trans people live it daily. Every day, and I right. think by this I mean that violence is part of our collective cultural history, whether or not we've personally experienced it or not. And that's is what's got to change. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly. the part that gets me angry is over the fact that, you know, why should that be part of your experience or part of your uh, what's going in the back of your mind as you go through your day? Yeah. I mean, that. Yeah, and why couldn't you be always celebrated for um, your creativity and your personhood and your contribution to society? Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. um, as, as much, I guess that's the thing is that so many people feel that they can go through life without having to deal with that or, or deal with their, um, I'm trying to think of like a privilege that, that, that folks that are different, they're just different because they are. 
I mean, <laughs> as uh, Kim said. That's right. Sorry, I get when I get angry, I lose my words. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so what are some things that um, uh, Affirmations is going to be doing uh, with youth because of this Midwest conference? Yes. Um, one thing that they're doing is we have a regional gay-straight alliance. And so there's the trans piece of this has become much more important. So educating some of these regional gay-straight alliances about how to take this message of trans inclusion in your groups and activism back to your school. That's a big piece of it. Another part is just looking at empowering trans youth as, um, as activists and looking at what skills do people need to make them successful and growing these trans youth as members of affirmations and other community groups, um, looking to support them, looking to build leadership roles um, for these trans youth. That is excellent. That's excellent. Absolutely. And so how do people find out more about about the trans youth component and trans uh, the services and programs that Affirmations has? Definitely. Um, one way is go to our website, which is www.goaffirmations.org. And you can find almost anything about all the trans-related groups that are meeting, um, any information on some of the youth programs as well. Excellent. And, you know, I asked him this question. I, I'm interested to hear your take as well. What would what advice would you give to either trans youth or the parents of trans youth? What advice would you give for them to communicate with each other? What 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 do they need, you think? What do, what do parents and youth need to yeah. communicate in that setting? Mm-hmm. I think um, I, I often I also just think time sometimes and, and honesty. Mm-hmm. I think that. We have to remember in that instance that the world isn't set up for, um, for trans youth to be self-actualized and also not set up for parents to understand their trans youth. So oftentimes parents are lacking support from other people in their lives as well. So I think time and um, support from others and, of course, larger institutional and societal change where we look away from a binary type of model for gender absolutely absolutely thank you so much noel i really appreciate this definitely thanks thanks noel and we will talk to you again um and again go check out www.goaffirmations.org for information on the programs that affirmations offers for trans youth and gender variant um folks and, and to contact noel and have him be your personal hero that's right <laughs> thanks noel Thanks. Wow. So, you know, I really, you know, celebrating all of our communities, celebrating the tea every day. It's not just about when we have lost another trans member of our family. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when we. And I think that I think that that's whenever I'm reminded about, you know, yes, as LGB people, we have we've gotten we've we've gotten far. And it's like a lot of people are like, well, we're we're really um, uh, uh, lazy about, you know, like, oh, we really don't care anymore. We're apathetic. That's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. We really don't care anymore. And but then when I hear about what's going on with the trans community. I start to realize our work hasn't even hasn't Absolutely. even begun, and even from all the way from Enda to you know, I was at um, a, a transgender remembrance ceremony the other day, and it was just you know the names, like yeah. you know, we were talking about like the day when we don't have to, 
yes. read these names. Right? Absolutely. And one of the things that Kim was talking about when I was doing a pre-interview, she was talking about how she went to one where um, the folks were given, and the audience were given um, an index card with a, a name of somebody and their story, and they had to go up and introduce themselves as this person and tell their story. Wow. And I was like, wow, how powerful that is. So, Amazing. Absolutely. Amazing. And how powerful our trans community is, right? Oh, my how, gosh. How powerful, how visible, how resilient. Absolutely. And absolutely. And right. Absolutely. So on this day, Transgender Remembrance, go out and and change the world, right? Absolutely. That's right. And you've been listening to um, Closets Are for Clothes. And you know, next week we're gonna t- we're gonna be talking from the AIDS Memorial Quilt. Yes. So this is we're gonna be on location. It, it will be, it, and it'll be beautiful. So, Absolutely. So um, see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Closets Are For Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbnclosets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their license the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhaj, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else.
dear and lost And never to have loved at all Yes, it's better For no matter what the cost I held the world in sway An emperor for a day And thanks again For taking me on the road To paradise We lost our way But still I must convey my thanks. That was Bing Crosby with thanks. And this is Joy. And uh, you're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. And uh, I guess since it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, I was thinking of playing... Uh, songs that have thanks or thank you or uh, I don't know something that has that kind of message or those words of them Uh, so I'm gonna try and mix stuff like that in tonight so if anyone has any uh, suggestions of uh, songs uh, of that type tonight uh, feel free to call them in and uh, help me out with that. Uh, the number here is 734-763-3500. Uh, or I guess also if you have just other requests in general. But uh, so let's see. Uh, yeah. So uh, up next here, I will be playing uh, the Flaming Lips with Thank You uh, for the Fiber Optic Jesus that you gave me.